0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Bruce here, recording another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My guest is K Jack Pizza. Now, this is a pizzeria that started out as you know, an experiment. They were he was opening up in his friend's bar trying to perfect his craft, trying to sell pizza to people who are in the bar. It's a good opportunity to open a pizzeria with low overhead. That's turned into him trying to create processes and systems or creating processes and systems to open his own brick and mortar with the goal of opening many locations and Bill's a smart guy. And we talk all about that on this podcast. We also talk about how he's starting his business with the goal of opening many locations. And I've talked about that on many podcasts in the past about creating systems in your business as if you were going to expand. And I've often asked, and we touch on that in this podcast past guests of the show say hey you know what if you could go back in time before you opened your 10th location what would you do in that first one and all of them say create a system and Bill's doing that exact thing and he talks about how he's doing that training videos how he's doing his systems how he's making his pizza frozen dough why he's freezing his dough Uh, hear me out it's a it's a fun reason why and I think you're going to enjoy this episode of the podcast Uh, before we get into the show thank you to today's show sponsors here they are today's podcast is brought to you by the mail shark themailshark.com forward slash spm if you're looking for direct mail postcards flyers new menus check out the mail shark they've been working with pizzerias like yourself or hopeful pizzerias like yourself for many many years now they're my trusted source for coupons postcards mailers and the cool thing about what the mail shark does is they work with you with your budget to set it up so that way you pay weekly. You don't have to pay a huge upfront fee for your mailings. You get to pay as they go out. Great company, great people. They've been doing it for so long and they've been a friend of the podcast for a very long time. If you want some information about what they do, that can help you, TheMailShark.com forward slash SPM today's podcast is brought to you by the fiero group fiero group.com if you're looking for dough mixers dough dividers rounders and then this awesome opera primer dough stretcher that i saw them use at the pizza tomorrow summit in orlando and i was blown away by it because i always thought that there was never going to be a product or something like this a robot that could hand stretch pizza but the way that this did it was unbelievable so if you want to check that out if you need something like that go to fiero but if you're also in the market for uh, an oven a dough mixer they have all kinds of ovens for everybody if you're looking to get one for your house or you're looking to get one for a commercial kitchen or if you're looking to do wood fired uh, roman style pizza all of that they also have some classes that they're doing and they have these great teachers pizza that come in teach you how to run a specific style of pizzeria in restaurant uh, and it's just a great company again another family-run company that i did a podcast with you can go listen to that one but Thank you, Fierro Group.com, for helping me do this show for you uh, because all the sponsors that support this podcast are really the reason that the show continues to go because it's helpful and I appreciate them. If you want to check them out, Fierro Group.com is the place to go. Okay, thank you so much to the sponsors of the podcast. If you miss anything, head over to our website, smartpizzamarketing.com. Blog posts, sessions, tutorials, guest posts, all that available over at smartpizzamarketing.com. Thank you so much. See you on the other side. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We have Bill from KJack Pizza joining me on the show. Bill, thanks so much for hanging out with me today.
1: Hey, thank you so much. Been a big fan for a long time. Super excited to meet you and be on the show.
0: I love that you wanted to be a guest on the podcast. I always say on the podcast that I want to, you know, there's obviously names in the pizza industry that everybody knows. And I want to talk to people who maybe people haven't heard of, but are doing cool stuff or really excited about the business. Cause I think sometimes being excited about the pizza business is contagious, right? And if you're really excited about your business, somebody else who may be struggling with something can kind of catch that infectious excitement. And then that will transpire into their business. So tell everybody a little bit about what you got going on.
1: All right. So, uh, first and foremost, I, I do not have a restaurant background, never worked in a pizza shop before. Uh, I actually quit. A really good job um, that was provide, providing for the family to to pursue a passion here um about two years ago uh, some friends of ours that own a bar offered me an opportunity to come in to their bar and start my pizza company and it was just too good to be true it's something we could not pass up uh so i started saturday nights only out of my friend's bar here in small madison ohio uh we're located between uh, cleveland ohio and erie pa about okay. 45 minutes from each of those so, just small town, uh, Saturday nights only. I was baking out of a. Uh, excuse my dog's going crazy. Sorry. That's okay. I was baking out of a, a $900 CADCO Lisa 110 volt oven with a custom steel uh, that I got off Etsy. Um, just came in there, started baking pizzas. Uh, learned really quick that I had no idea what I was doing. But, you know, <laughs> like you say, everything's figure outable. True. So. Uh, you know, I just put the effort forward. Uh, we quickly, though, upgraded to a, a ventless oven by a company called TurboChef. Uh, it was the TurboChef Fire for those of you that are familiar. Uh, started to go three days a week, where we were Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then just at the start of this year, uh, we're open six days a week, Monday through uh, Saturday, and we uh, we switched over to a conveyor. So one thing I'm really proud of is we're making a really good high quality pizza off of a conveyor, which is not always the easiest thing to do.
0: It's and it's not um, something not only is it not the easiest thing to do but it doesn't have the best reputation.
1: That that's right. Even saying it, I probably people are turning the episode off now. I just I just screwed up. I'm sorry. No,
0: because I think there you know there's a lot of people who are trying to make a really good pizza out of a conveyor oven because ultimately a conveyor yeah. oven is a lot easier to do and train people to use for sure.
1: So my background being sales, finance, and management, I wanted to think about uh, the business side of it, the pizza side of it, as making everything repeatable. Um, You know, we have really big goals for the company, um, which it's always funny for me to say that because we're still in a bar, we're working on our first brick and mortar location as we speak. So you're doing it six Um, days a
0: week out of the same location you started one day a week?
1: Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So the cool thing is, um, I mean, I had a $900 oven. I wound up, I went out and I bought, let's say a a $2,500 prep table, $2,000 upright fridge. And that was my initial capital investment because my friends let me come in for free. Right. Um, I already had a 20-quart Hobart mixer. So that's something I had at home because I was doing some pretzel stuff. Um, So for really under five grand, I was able to start my first pizza shop, which is just ridiculous to think about how inexpensive that was. But it's because I was lucky enough to have someone who let me come into their kitchen.
0: What kind of bar is this? Is is this like a regular bar or is it like a local place or a local hangout or describe it?
1: So uh, it's not, I would describe it as an upscale dive bar. Um, As far as food in my, within a 15 minute drive of my home, we have a lot of wineries. So that's a good place to go get a meal, Uh, but we don't have a whole lot of sit down, nice family restaurants, Uh, maybe just one or two, if they're listening, (laughs) Um, but what we do have a lot of is bar food. Uh, so the tavern we're out of, uh, they're known locally for their hamburgers. They do a phenomenal hamburger. Um, but my friends bought it right before the pandemic hit. Uh, so they, they bought it the wrong time, but they got through everything. And then as we came out of that, they always, they knew uh, that I was passionate about doing something pizza wise. And they tried to do it themselves with stuff through, you know, their, their food rep and they just weren't cranking out anything they were happy with. Um, like frozen pizzas?
0: What's that? Like they were trying to use frozen pizza or just try to make like frozen dough or something like that.
1: uh, Frozen, probably frozen dough or or par bake blanks. Yeah. Um, And at the time I was working on a par bake blank to sell to places like the bar my friends own. um, Just as more of a hobby thing. Um, I also uh, sell soft pretzels. That's how I got my my start in dough making was uh, traditional German soft pretzels. But anyway, so to answer your question, it's, it's an upscale dive bar. Um, it's one of many, but they, they have their own little niche. Um, and now they have me in there, you know, making high quality pizzas.
0: That's where a lot of places, pop-ups or food trucks kind of go. They either try to find a brewery or a bar, okay. like you're saying, which doesn't have food, but wants food. And maybe they're just not focused on it enough to make it good. It's a good, it's a good partnership to have someone like that in your area.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Did you, so do you pay them rent?
1: So in the beginning they they just let me come in. They were you know oh, that's it was, fantastic it was the greatest opportunity in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I've been blessed with some great opportunities in my life from sports to, you know, uh and professionally. And then this just came up and they were like, we don't want anything from you. Let's just come in and see how it how it goes. Um it went so much better than either of us really expected. Um I always knew I could make a good pizza if I had the right tools because I spent so much time learning and and you know, nerding out on the dough side of things. Um but, I, you, you know, you still have to prove it. You know, yeah. you can know something, but then you, you really got to go prove it to actually know it. And you have
0: to prove uh, it on a larger scale. It's easy to make, you know, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's a lot different to make 100 or 200 pizzas in a restaurant than it is to make five pizzas in your oven right. at home with no real pressure. Because even if you have friends and family over, there's really no pressure on you to, like, get it out right. quick or... Even, or to come out perfectly, because ultimately they're your friends and family and they're gonna forgive you. But when you have a paying customer that paid money for that pizza and has certain expectations, it's a lot more pressure than doing it at home.
1: It, it is a lot of pressure. Um, the flip side of that, I learned that not all of my customers have the same palate I do. And I'm not saying I have a great palate. but having gone through the dough process to be self-taught to be able to make the dough, You know, I can tell the difference between a two-day and a four-day dough, or a one-day and a three-day dough, and I've gone side by side with some of my best customers and had them try both pieces, and they really can't detect a difference. Yeah. So, uh, that's the other side of it that's super interesting to me is um, maybe my eighty percent is somebody else's one hundred and ten percent.
0: Yeah, I think your average customer who likes pizza. I mean, listen, that's why Domino's and Pizza Hut and Little Caesars and Papa John's can have businesses and. Businesses on such a mass scale because not every person is like us where we really can tell the difference between a a good pizza and a great pizza. And that difference could be subtle and we can taste it. But the average consumer doesn't know the difference.
1: Yeah. One of your recent episodes, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but it's a husband and wife. They have a food truck maybe in Raleigh. Um, And he said his goal is just for nobody to walk away thinking that, hey, that was trash. Um, (laughs) Was it Jonathan from item
0: nine pizza maybe?
1: That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, Great show. And that, that really resonated with me. Like maybe somebody likes somebody else's pizza at the winery better or whatever the case is, but nobody's going to walk away from, from my pizza saying, man, that was trash.
0: That's kind of my goal for this (laughs) podcast. I hope nobody listens. And at the end, is like, Hey, that was (laughs) trash. I'm going to turn that off and never listen again. Right on. Uh, So, so you started making dough for pretzels and I know it's, I know the pretzel process is kind of, is the pretzel process of making that kind of like bagels?
1: So a lot of people think it is, uh, and what I found out it's not um, at least the the path I went down yeah. I can what I make is a very traditional German salt pretzel, but it's not a Bavarian pretzel.
0: What's the difference? Um,
1: so the fat content in the dough okay, so like for example, my my salt pretzel has around five percent butter in it. Um, there's a secret for everything, but anybody watching <laughs> we're a barbarian Berv- would be under two, I believe <laughs> 2%. Okay. But, uh, so everyone thinks it's very similar to bagel. And a lot of people want to try to pretzels and lie. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things out there that the internet, it's just like making pizza dough, Really. There's a lot of things on the internet that might work at home or might sound good, but, but it's actually not how you do it. Yeah. Um, but one thing interesting about my journey was. I've I went back to pretzels several time, several times over the years. And every time I got to a point where oh I can't make a better pretzel than this. And then I would stop messing around with it for a while. And then I'd go read a book by, you know, an artisan bread baking book by like Peter Reinhardt. Yeah. And I'd learn some new techniques. And then I'd be like, well, maybe I can make my pretzels better. And I would keep coming back for the pretzels and they would get better and better. And then I was in a position where I learned all this stuff. A lot of it, you know, to the average person, just useless knowledge um and I started to apply that to pizza dough you know I went out and I read everything that Tom uh layman wrote uh the late great dough doctor you know I probably read everything that man's published at least three times um and just started to put all the pieces of the puzzle together my process is not traditional whatsoever a lot of it pulls from artisan bread baking yeah you know if I back in the day when you were running your shop, if I came in and said, oh, here's how I make my dough, you'd be like, okay, get out, that doesn't make any sense to us. They cool.
0: Describe it to me then, if you, so I can understand.
1: Well, I don't wanna give away too many secrets. Okay. Uh, the first thing I do that, that I'll share with you that really uh, a lot of people are curious about is I use a lower protein flour. Um, so I make what I would consider traditional American delivery style pizza. So it's a slightly thicker version of like Papa John's or Domino's. Okay. Um, so I would consider that, you know, your traditional delivery pizza. Um, a lot of people want to try to take the, the New York style flours and apply to that. And you really, you can't bring in that much protein. Um, so the, that's one big thing. My total mix time, uh, is probably, it's definitely under six minutes and you might say to yourself, man, that's not enough time to develop the gluten. Yeah. Um, but I, but I do some different artisan dough processes to, to help that only need five or six minutes on the okay. mixer if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: so before or after um, you're mixing it a little bit or letting it rest. Right.
1: and Yeah, so basically it's an auto lease, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, not, nothing I do is is like groundbreaking. I just took a bunch of stuff from different people and put it together for my process.
0: And that's great. That's what I love about the pizza industry is like you can get so many different ways to do things. Like you can give someone the same exact ingredients right. and time and equipment and the process in which they do it can be completely different and the products could be so different even though they all started from the same place which is what makes it cool because it's like right. it really is an artisan thing where you put your own touch on it
1: yeah and you know on top of that i'm still learning every day you know i i'll get sucked into youtube videos that i know 95 percent of what they're talking about and maybe i just find one little nugget every down and then and then i go test it out you know to anybody who is working on a pizza dough that wants to start a pizzeria um, i think there's two really important things to make a high quality dough uh, the first is you have to be able to articulate exactly what, what you want your dough to be like, what the, the size, the shape, the flavor profile, you have to be able to express that into words. Because if you can't define that, then you can't go out and find the resources that are already out on the internet to help you achieve those goals. Right. The second thing you have to do is take good notes. Um, again, neither of these are groundbreaking pieces of information, but just take it from a guy who's in the process of doing it. Um, be able to define what you want and then make some really good notes and just start tweaking things and have fun with it.
0: So I know it's never done, right? The, the process is right. never complete. You're always kind of learning, but when did you know it was good enough? Like how many batches of dough or how many pizzas did you make to be like, you know what? This is acceptable for me to charge people money for. Cause it's easy to give pizza away and no one's paying you money. Cause you don't, you don't feel bad because you're not taking anybody's money. But when you start accepting money from people in exchange for your product, you, there's a point in which you have said to yourself, all right, This is good enough for me to charge money for.
1: Yeah. um, So for me, because of the opportunity, the opportunity came up and it was like, hey, either do it or don't. So that forced my hand. Yeah. What I learned, though, through being forced into doing it, you know, forced to take that first step is that my dough had probably been good enough for years. Um, I was just lacking maybe the the right equipment. And once you found the bar uh, place,
0: that's when it all kind of put together.
1: Yeah. 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 So um the other big thing was I got the a baking steel um and I put it in the bottom of my convection oven. Oh baking so steel great. G- I love that. Oh yeah. And I, I you know, if you ask me, they're way better than stones, but for sure. Um you know, for me with this with this nine hundred dollar oven with the with the custom cut baking steel from Etsy, right? My first pizza, eight minutes, fantastic. Really high hydration, a lot of lift, cloudy. It's 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 not that special the pizza you know globally but as far as my market goes people haven't seen anything like this before uh so first pizza eight minutes great second pizza maybe nine nine and a half minutes third pizza 11 minutes oh shit what's going on starting (laughs) to dry out what you know what i mean so we knew right away that uh we were going to need to upgrade ovens uh but even when you take a pizza out to somebody at a bar and they've had a couple of drinks and they eat it and they're like, wow, this is really good. You know, is that still enough for you to say, Hey, I'm going to quit my job and risk my, my life financially for this. <laughs> I um, don't know if that's the case. It's not. Um, I was blessed to work in a position where as a sales manager, the company knew this is something I was passionate about and they kind of let me transition out, um, of, of my role as a sales manager, uh, small, uh, you know, two person owned company and, uh, they, they really took care of me and let me pursue my dream. So That's I'm great. always forever grateful to them. I'm also forever grateful to the people at the bar who let me start there. So this is a full-time uh, thing for you now? It is full-time for me now. Um, <laughs> I've been full-time since. So, this 2000, so the beginning of 2022, I was full-time. But right when I went full-time, we had some health issues. Uh, my wife was in the hospital, and then some other things happened. So we kind of took half a year just to get everybody healthy again. And then... Uh, we were lucky enough through all this to actually purchase a, a commercial property locally. Um, so I would, I would, I'm pretty sure commercial real estate's uh, different here in Madison, Ohio than than where you are. Uh, there, there's some more affordable uh, pieces that you can grab. So we've really been slowly working on uh, building out our own space, um, and hopefully in the next three to four months, we'll we'll be able to transition uh, a full-time pizza shop, you know, open seven days a week lunch and dinner service that's great so
0: when you were at the bar and you were working there six days a week did did, were you having a specific amount of pizzas that you had and be like all right you gotta come first first come first serve and when we sell out we sell out or were you just kind of like whoever wants it was ordering it and it was just you always had it available
1: right so um boy i would have loved to have a sign up sheet like some of your other guests i know right some other people that it would have been great Um, so when I started one night a week, I obviously only made so much dough and we would sell out Yeah. and you know, there's the true sellout. And then there's the, I'm going to market that I sold out. You know, there's that whole game. Um, now that I'm six days a week, I don't want to sell out because I want to make money. You know, we're only open four hours a night. Uh, I'm blessed with two employees that, uh, have come in and, uh, they're able to make pizzas really well for me. Uh, but right now, one thing I'm okay. So. There, there's so many rabbit holes that I, that I could go down and you know, I could talk to you for hours about this stuff. Um, but high level, one of the things that I do with my dough that I'm really passionate about is uh, I actually freeze all my dough. So I make it, I ball it, I ferment it, and then I freeze it. Okay. So the whole reason I do that is for scalability. I mean, I have a dream of someday having 10 to 15 pizza shops down I-90 in, in the greater Cleveland area. And to do that, we need consistency. And I can do that if I can freeze my dough. So for okay. any of my customers watching this, my, the dough that you've eaten recently, or, you know, probably really in the last year and a half has been frozen. Uh, and it's a part of our quality control. I, I don't, it's better than using chemicals.
0: Yeah. I've froze, I've used frozen dough before. I mean, I've gotten dough at the local shop here and freeze it. And I mean, I'm not selling yeah. it to people, so it's a different story. That answers my next question though. Cause my next question was like, you know what you, I always look back to like, cause I operated two locations and it was pain in the ass to be honest with you. And now I do this podcast and I get to do this podcast from like wherever I am, whenever I want, which is great. <laughs> like we scheduled a interview and I just put the link out when I want to do the podcast. And I'm like, Hey, go here if you want to be on the show. And it's, that's the time right. we do it. So you answered my next question kind of, but I'm still going to ask you anyway, why not just do the six days a week, four hours a day at the bar and like have a great life and make pizza and make some money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I get that. Um, I was making a lot more money being a sales manager, and and the job was relatively easy because I was I was good at it. Right. Um, so, I'll be thir- I'll be forty at the end of the month. So May thirty first is my birthday. End of the month, I'll be forty years old. Happy birthday! My by thought. The way. I appreciate that. Um, my thought process is: I've spent the last twenty years acquiring all these tools and skills. I want to spend the next ten years using those to develop my own business that I can uh, use as a, really a legacy if my children want it, but if, you know, f- from 40 to 50, if I can work my tail off, then maybe from 50 to 60, when my kids are in school, you know, doing sports and high school and stuff, I can take a step back. Um, you know, I, I always wanted to work for myself. I've always loved pizza and why not just you know, make 50, 60, 70 grand working out of a dive bar. Sure. I could do that, but I can also take all this stuff I learned and, and build a, a mini little empire. And that's the goal. Good. And if I achieve half of it, then I'm still going to be successful. I
0: like it. That's a good answer because I want you to be like, you had a specific reason. I like to ask people that question. Cause a lot of times you ask someone, you know, in the pizza industry and you're like, why do you have, why do you want to have seven stores? And they're like, they don't really have a good answer of why they want seven stores. They just feel like that's, what you have to do like you have to open a pizza shop and the goal has to be just to continue to open pizza shops but they don't really know why they want to do that so if you have a reason and a goal great do do that because if you really are passionate about it and you really want to do it you're probably going to achieve it um but on the flip side don't do it because you just feel like that's the path it's like going to school right like kids nowadays go to school and then college afterwards they just feel like that's the process but they don't really know what they're going to do in college and then they go to college and they're like yeah. you know what i just spent all this money going to college and i don't know what i'm doing and i just wasted all that time and money and energy and i still don't know if this is what i really want to do or what i really want to do but i like your answer to that question
1: and i'll go i'll go level deeper on it um you know when i was when i was building out a business model and for to for a pizza empire if i can use that term a small empire You know, I always thought to myself, what if, what if Domino's or what if Little Caesars or what if whomever, what if they cared about their employees first? What if they said, hey, screw you shareholders. It's all about the employees, giving them a safe place to work, the guidance and the support they need to be successful. Because we all know once you take care of your employees, your employees are gonna take care of your customers. Right. So my thought process was, okay, how could I create my own version of one of these successful franchise models own it all, but put the employee first. And I think there's a ton of people that want to be treated well, that want to be managed with respect, that just need the right opportunity, maybe the right coaching, the right mentor, whatever the case is. Um, And and that's what I'm trying to do. I don't personally know the gentleman from Masters Pizza. Um, I obviously have seen him on your podcast and I watch other stuff they do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know him personally, but you know, he talks about treating his employees like family and you know, doing right by 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 their staff, and you know that's a big part of what I want to do as well. And it's the why that I think really is the most important to 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 be successful. Is take care of them, take care of the employees first, and everything else will fall in line. Are you close to um, any to of that, his Mike's locations, Master Pizza? Probably the closest one's like twenty minutes away. Oh, yeah, really? So we're I'm, I'm like forty five minutes outside of Cleveland, heading east. Towards okay. You.
0: So I should you uh, email. Uh, I'll I'll send you an intro to Mike. He's a great guy. He'll answer okay. any questions you have. He's he's a great. Yeah, he's really a good guy. There's a lot of pizza in the pizza industry who we say are good guys, and I'm not saying they're not. Yeah. but they're not as nice when you ask them a question offline as they are online. Mike's genuinely the same sure. in a podcast as you would see him in real life.
1: That's awesome. So That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I would suggest you talk to him. So the other big thing I'm working on that I'm really passionate about is uh, I have training videos. So, I, how many dive bar pizzerias do you know that have training videos? Zero. Uh, well, one. So you know <laughs> hey, one, one now, now yeah. <laughs> um, so I have, uh, you know, I have PDF, uh, you know, job aids for every everything we do, whether it's you know cutting a calzone, stretching the dough, making the sauce, and then I've also uh, attached a QR code to those to a YouTube training video. Um, that I make on a free app on my phone, it's super easy if, if you can turn a phone on. And uh, you know the whole idea is I, I just I want to take away all the ambiguity from the from the shift. I just want to make things easy and give people resources to do it right because if you can do it right, you can do it light. That's what, <laughs> what made you What cook. made you put that together? Well, again, so <laughs> my background, I, I never worked in a restaurant until the first night that I was at the bar selling pizzas. So my background's been sales uh management um i would my degrees in finance as a financial advisor for a while um so banking sales and and just the whole the whole management side of it most recently as a sales manager and you know you got to give your employees the right tools to be successful so whether you're giving them a sales card to go through a process or if you're typing out step by step how to make your your you know your red sauce um I, i just i'm passionate about the documentation um which seems to be a pretty big hot topic Yeah, when you look at blogs and forums and things like that. I mean, every
0: podcast that I've done that um, somebody has grown a multiple a multi-unit business, the first thing that they say, even Mike, when I interviewed Mike from Master Pizza, I said, well, what was the one thing, like, you have 10 or 15, I don't know how many locations he has, but he's got a lot. What was the one thing that you wish you would have done in the beginning? And he always says, I wish I would have wrote down and documented how to do everything before I expanded because if I had everything written down and documented of how to do it then it's kind of easy to expand because you already have that it's harder to go back and try to fix and do that once you have two or three locations because everybody's kind of doing it differently
1: yeah so I've heard him and other people say it so that is you know a part of the reason it got put on my plate and and got the level of urgency that I give it
0: that's smart so you, you have a QR code and someone an employee scans the qr code on their phone which is easy to do now with the camera app and it goes to a youtube video is that how it works
1: uh that's yeah that's one way so i don't know if i can i don't know how well this is going to come across on the webcam but give me one second yeah so i took it a step further so this is my cell phone that's my son today's my son's eighth birthday so happy birthday jackson
0: jackson happy birthday
1: (laughs) so my jackson's my son kaylee's my daughter thus k-jack pizza ah okay so right here, I have an app on my phone that I click on, okay? And it's going to come up, and then we have a the time clock here. And these are all different categories that I have on there. Okay. Um, so this is going to live on an iPad. So an employee can walk up, and, for example, they might say, hey, I can't remember how to, uh, I don't know, cut a calzone. Um, so on here, one of these buttons would say calzone. They could click on it. This is actually the button that says calzone so here's a link to the video and then this up here is a link to a recipe card i have to clean this up a little bit so the recipe card automatically pops up um and this isn't the best format but you know step-by-step instruction again this isn't beautiful this doesn't look like something that you would get out at domino's right um but but it's efficient it's effective and it's going to get the job done yeah
0: and it's better than probably 85 90 percent of the pizzerias are doing out there they don't have any kind of system in place and you're not domino's and you don't have billions of dollars to spend on marketing and research like yeah. domino's does so yeah. it shouldn't be it's probably not going to be as good is there an app or a technology that you use for that or did you develop it yourself
1: okay so like oh the uh, the forms i i downloaded from uh restaurantowners.com okay but then i completely made them my own Inside of uh, Google Sheets, the so
0: ingredients form would you mean?
1: Yeah, so like I would call it a job aid. So some of it's like just a procedural thing, like how to build a calzone. Yep. And then others are recipe cards, like how to make my red sauce. Okay. Um, and then what I'm using, what that button I showed you, which I call an app, it's actually not an app like a, in the app store, rather a web page that you can save to your home screen to make it look like an app. Okay. Uh, this is called. Uh, jot form j-o-t-f-o-r-m and it's free the deal is you just have to have all the content you know what i mean like i when i built this with all these different buttons and links to things i had all the content already i had the cards i had the youtube videos but uh like when i do a video for training i literally take my cell phone and i strap it to my head with one of those head straps <laughs> and uh, the cooks in the bar they have a good time with that you man. gotta they, you gotta they, they make come.
0: that into a video for content for your social like somebody else recording you doing that
1: uh i i don't disagree with that that'd be Maybe fantastic we'll wait till we get on our brick and mortar so it's a little cleaner environment <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I'd, I'd like to watch that that'd be funny they be some good reels, yeah. Bill with a camera on his head, making uh, <laughs> making training videos for the staff. That'd be that'd be awesome. <laughs> so that's awesome. So that's awesome. So Jotform, you just build out a webpage, almost like you're building a website, and then they save that yep. website link URL to their homepage of their phone. So yep. or you can do it on an iPad. I'm sure if you have one at the shop, right? So yep. they don't have to download it to their own phone, and then if they want something, they just go there and look at it.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yep. Where did you learn how to do that? I didn't know YouTube you know it's it's figureoutable I <laughs> YouTube, wanted this.
0: that's true I love that YouTube's amazing you know isn't I mean?
1: it yeah it's like master pizzas they have a downloadable app store app for the customer side I'm like well I want an app yeah but not for my customers I want it for my employees so I just figured it out I started Googling stuff YouTube and stuff uh and it's figure outable. I you know think you mean? just
0: solved so many problems for so many people with that simple solution of just doing that because so many people I get messaged, they, they have a hard time training people, or what format do I use? Do I use a Google Drive, or do I use a Dropbox folder, or how do I do it on YouTube? But you just kind of solve yeah. that problem. I'm sure it's just a private YouTube channel that nobody can see from the outside, right?
1: Exactly. And somebody's probably going to pause the video and go watch that off the QR code that I showed you, which is fine. Um, I can, I can the chop that thing out one. Okay, the reason I actually went with that app is I didn't want my employees to have their phones on the make line to take their phone to scan a QR code to watch a video. So I'm like, I need some type of tablet or app. Uh, And I just wanted it clean and easy. And again, right now I'm working out of a dive bar. I have two employees. Um, They don't need this because I'm there with them pretty much all the time. They're fully trained by me. But down the road, if I have this this database of, of knowledge it's going to let me bring a manager in that has experience managing people, but give them all the tools and resources to actually effectively manage their team. Right. You know, I think that's great. Maybe you won't even need a manager.
0: Out. If you have everything documented, it's easy to do. I mean, what does a manager really do? Just a person you trust, right? It's like a manager is really yeah. just a person you trust that can, right. can handle any situation that comes up and you trust their judgment. But if you have everything documented and all your employees know what they're supposed to do, then the manager is not really needed. I was watching a YouTube video. It's funny you say that, YouTube. We're talking a lot about it. I was watching a YouTube video. Are you familiar with the company Crumble Cookie? I am, yeah. All right, so I was watching a YouTube video. You should check it out. It's pretty funny about there's a competitor that they have. and I forget what the name of the competitor is. Uh, But there's a whole online battle between the two, and one of them supposedly stole the IP and identity from Crumble Cookie, and then they started their own franchise. And the difference is Crumble Cookie makes all of their cookies in-house – which means they need 10 or 12 employees. And this new company uses frozen dough like you're doing, and they can run a store with the same volume with one employee. Um, yeah. So it's an amazing look into the process of like, all right, if you really start like you are from the beginning with growth as the idea of your business, you're starting yeah. in a great point because you're documenting everything. You're trying to figure out right now before you get to the point where you have five locations and you try to scale it. You're already trying to figure that out now. So as you grow, it's just, all right, take what I'm doing here, plunk it down here. Take this, what, it, what works here, plunk it down there. It's going to be very repeatable for you.
1: Yeah. Hey, real quick, just for the, the clarity of the viewer, um, all the dough that I use that's frozen, I make myself. I make it and then freeze it. I just Just for clarity, I wanted to. Yeah, you're freezing your own dough. Out. You're making your own yeah. dough
0: and then freezing yeah, yeah. it and then letting it thaw out and using it later. So you're not like buying right. frozen dough from Cisco and then.
1: Right. The other thing is, I just started to sell cookies. Um, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, I only have one Instagram post about it, and it's just kind of a, a crappy picture, but we just added cookies as a dessert. Um, the building we own, at one point, I was going to turn that into a bakery. So I'm like, well, I need to learn how to bake. So I should I send you that video kind of then
0: list. of that YouTube video I just watched. I just, I just watched it yesterday. It's funny. We're talking about that, about those two companies yeah, I'll that check it out. very scalable. Yeah. So you're going to sell cookies too? So you're going to sell pretzels and cookies out of your shop or just pizza?
1: Uh, so right now I, I, I sell pretzels, cookies, and pizza. Uh, the pretzels and the cookies, i no stock. You know, I, I, if I don't have them, I don't have them. Yeah. You know, I'm pizza first and foremost. Um, the cookies, I needed a dessert and I wanted something solid. And I've been making good cookies for a while. So I just kind of cleaned up some recipes there and uh, they work well. But I pull those from the freezer as well. So, you know, I make yeah. them, freeze
0: them. Cookie dough. You freeze uh, so cookie dough. we have dough. low yeah. waste. I like, What's that? I said frozen cookie dough is what everybody uses, you know? I mean, for the most part, yeah. especially if you're a pizza shop. And adding cookies onto your menu, especially if you have a conveyor oven, because it's easy to cook cookies on a conveyor oven if you have just a big sheet yeah. pan. It's such a profitable, easy add-on item. I remember we used to sell cookies, frozen cookies the same way. Uh, we'd put them through the oven and we'd sell, you know, four, this is a while ago. So four would be like, I don't know, two bucks. And we'd make $1. Yeah. It'd be like, you know, between pro- employees, packaging, the cookie itself, and everything. It was probably like 60% profit margin after all said and done. Right. And we'd sell hundreds of cookies a day. We didn't have to do anything. All we had to do was take them out yeah. of the box and put them in the tray and put them through the oven. It was like the easiest thing we ever sold.
1: Yeah. Um, the other thing I really like about cookies is the perceived value when I add them into a combo or yeah. a deal or a special. And then also it's something, because they hold so well, it's something we can do fundraisers for um, to help give back to the community. Um, so so you ever, have you things.
0: ever thought about opening up like a pretzel shop or a cookie shop as well? Or is it just all pizza because that's what you love?
1: Well, so my first passion is pretzels. Uh, pretzels are a lot harder to make than pizza. It's a two-day process. Um, there's some, some things that uh, I, I've been able to get out of that two-day process to speed it up a little bit, but there's a lot going on. At the end of the day, though, is, if, when you look at it from a risk point of view, it's a lot less risky to open a pizza shop than it is to open a standalone pretzel shop in, in you know, small city, Ohio. Yeah. Um, you know, little town. Now, eventually, we will bring in our stuffed pretzels. So we'll take like a Philly cheesesteak or a meatball or whatever, and we'll stuff it into the pretzels. Um, there's a couple of places in the country that do it really well right now. Um, and I obviously watch everything they do and... And i see their photos and then i go test it and it works or it doesn't work um, so eventually we'll do that but uh my pizza was received so well by the community uh i just i don't have the manpower to do it now but yeah. hopefully when we're under brick and mortar we can crank that out i
0: think people are more familiar with pizza too as a everyday sure. item you know pretzel may not sure. be something that people go out to to get multiple times a i month would
1: have to week. move that business in i'm sorry i didn't mean to speak over you. i'd no, have to move that business in towards cleveland uh, to be successful, yeah. where I could, I feel like I could open a pizza shop anywhere there's, you know, a handful of families.
0: Right, as long as there's enough people in that community, you could definitely sustain. Especially if you have a better product, a superior product to the other pizzerias around.
1: Yeah, and uh, everyone asks me, hey, Bill, how do you do it? How do you do it? And and my answer is always, I try really hard. Um, so uh, it's funny to watch some of these other businesses how they just they'll throw anything out there and. <laughs> profit. there's know, a lot of passionate. i always say
0: there's a lot of mediocre pizza shops out there like there's a yeah. if you take 100 pizza shops i would say in any area 100 pizza shops as like just an easy number 75 are probably mediocre or below
1: yeah but, you know, if you're cranking out 750 in sales and you're selling mediocre pizza and that's your business, then good for you. It's yeah, but then Bill's like going to come thousand. in
0: because he sees that market, right? Okay. And with a good pizza, it'd yeah. be like, you know what? If you could sell 750 a year in pizza and mediocre pizza, my great pizza is going to dominate.
1: Yeah, yeah. So.
0: This is great. All right, Bill. Yeah, listen, let's yeah. wrap it there. I know we could talk for hours, yeah. but we're going to we'll have to do a part two. When are you opening the, when you opening the brick and mortar, you think?
1: You know, realistically, uh, maybe, maybe as soon as August. I'm not 100% sure. All
0: right. So maybe in I'll give you a couple months to run it, maybe like December or yeah. January of next year, we'll have you right. come back and be like, all right, started as a dive bar. I opened my brick and mortar <laughs> and this is how it's going. Right. Do a follow-up show.
1: Absolutely. Hey, big fan again. Thanks for having me on. I hope it's a good show for for your platform. Um obviously I, I'm passionate about what we do and and a lot of the way I the, the way I look at a lot of things might be different than some of the owner operators maybe that grew up in the business or uh, you know come from a different background uh, I'm always I'm always happy to answer questions as long as they're thoughtful uh, you know you got to put a little effort into it um, <laughs>
0: Where should people go if they want to message you? Is Instagram the best place or your website or where should they go? Uh,
1: really? I'm. Oh, so we didn't get into this, this whole nother episode. I'm a Facebook guy. I know you love Instagram, but for my market, where I'm at, Facebook's where it is. It's where my customers are. Um, and those are the customers paying my bills. True. Uh, now, whether or not that platform dies in five years, who knows? Uh, but Facebook's the best place to get a hold of me. Um, What's your you Facebook page? Kjack.
0: What's that? What's your Facebook page on uh, for Jack?
1: Uh, K Jack pizza and and soft pretzels. Okay. Um, so that's the best place to get a hold of me, or, uh, you can go to my website and I have some contact info there as well, which is Kjack.com, k a y j a c k. K A Y J A C K.com.
0: Bill, you did a great job. This was a great episode. I think there's going to be a lot of information that people are going to be able to take away from this episode and whether they're getting into the business or they're already in the business and experience. I think you shared some some great valuable information that's going to be very helpful to some folks so i appreciate you doing that thank you so much for hanging out with me here on the podcast we'll link everything up your your facebook page your website all that stuff in the show notes for this episode if you head over to smartpizzamarketing.com bill thank you so much for hanging out with me it was a pleasure talking to you
1: likewise thanks bruce thank you so much for tuning
0: into the podcast again all the show notes over at smartpizzamarketing.com hit me up on instagram at smartpizzamarketing if you're on TikTok. At Smart Pizza Marketing. Let me know what you thought of the show. Leave me a review. Thank you so much. See you next time.